Hello and welcome to another episode of the Fundamentals Podcast. I am your host, Harley. Joining me today to talk about all things birdwatching is TV critic, avid blogger and host of the TV Time Podcast, Lucy Buglass. Lucy is taking a bit of a departure from her normal realm of television and movies to talk to me about something that's been very close to her since a young age, and that is, of course, birdwatching. Now, you may be thinking, is birdwatching really that interesting? I thought it was something that older people do. Well, Lucy shines a light on why that's not the case in this episode and gives us some wonderful insights and some great recommendations on some tools and places you can go to if you would like to know more yourself. So, without further ado, let's get straight into the episode. This is Birdwatching with Lucy Douglas. Hello, Lucy, and welcome to the Fundamentals podcast. Hello, thank you for having me. I'm very excited to have a bit of a break from TV. So thank you very much for, for the opportunity to come on. Absolutely, yeah. So um, as anyone, well, maybe who's been listening to you or doesn't know, you run a series uh, on on the podcast. What am I trying to say? You run a podcast, that's what I'm looking for, <laughs> <laughs> called TV Time, and you, of course, are a TV journalist. So, mm-hmm. yeah. You, you definitely have your fill of talking about television shows, which I think just as before we started recording, we're saying that's not a bad thing because there's a huge variety. Mm-hmm. Sure. But at the same time, if it's your job, if it's your, your passion project and so many other things, I can imagine you want a break. So yeah. you're here today to talk to us about bird watching yes. of all things, which I think is a lovely idea. And I'd love to know just straight away, how did you get into that? Yeah, it's it's a funny one, isn't it? Because I think I, what I will say is a little bit like train spotting. <laughs> it's kind of considered like a bit of a boring hobby for like old people. Do you know what I mean? Like, and, and, and I fully understand that. Right. Um, so I did get into it through my family. My my granddad used to take me on walks quite a lot, and we would sort of just sit and watch the birds. We I, I grew up on the northeast coast. So there's a lot, a lot like seabirds, so like you know, attacking like gulls and that kind of thing, and. Uh, oyster catchers and so on um and I used to just find it really peaceful like just get you know kind of just observing what they're doing birds are quite <laughs> they're just a, like a nice little sort of it's, it's very peaceful you know it's just because you, you're just in the moment you haven't got any distractions you're just watching them and it's it's good for like when you're nervous or if you have anxiety it's good to just watch them um sort of do do their thing and yeah so it was it was my my granddad really <laughs> um yeah so I just sort of I would just tag along with him borrow some binoculars and we would just watch the birds (laughs) that's beautiful i mean i don't think it's it's funny you said that about train spotting actually it was one that came to my mind of like yeah it's it's not the first thing most people would think of when they go to develop a hobby but then i think what's wrong with that um and in the kind of crazy chaotic world that we live in a bit of peace is is very welcome i would say 
Yeah. Um, it's funny you should say that was as well about your granddad. My uh, my wife Abigail has a sort of similar story because she used to do a bit of bird watching, um, and it was her granddad. Same thing. She'd just take her out to the coast, and so there you go. Something maybe grandads can do with their grandchildren if they like. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But obviously, you've you've taken it on as as an adult. So, how does that kind of work for you now, and and where you live? It's a very it's it is my kind of my my sanctuary my inner peace because a lot of the things I do is quite chaotic like I work in the media and as you well know it can get quite chaotic and constant twitter headlines and constant hashtags and lots of nonsense going on and then you have you know like podcasts and I play a lot of games and it's a lot of like just high intensity like you know kind of like oh my god like so much going on um so this kind of it's just my way of going out and sort of sitting in the park or when we could you know travel to to places and have a look and yeah just it just puts me in the moment and it's very it's very it's very common and I get quite boring about birds I'm very interested in like their habitats and their lifespans and that kind of thing (laughs) um I just find them very fascinating intelligent inquisitive animals um and you know on a personal level I'd like to own birds in captivity one day I just don't know how I'm going to do that (laughs) um I think I'm very interested in having a parrot kind of like as as a pet but it's a lot of work (laughs) so for the time being I get to observe them in the wild yeah no that's cool I don't think that's necessarily a a boring aspect I was going to ask you actually um when it comes to to bird watching yeah do you sort of make a point to try and track certain animals or because I I know a lot of them are quite habitual not so obviously they find a nest and yeah you, you can probably get a good shout i'd imagine say like you spot one you, you go oh i'm really fascinated by this little guy and you can just sort of guarantee you'll go back to the mm-hmm. same spot and just sort of watch them is that is that an appeal for you just sort of watching them go through little life cycles or yeah it's it's funny because i'll sometimes sit there and i they have their own little personalities like any animal does really you know kind of, some of them might be a little bit more aggressive or a little bit more sort of confident or some of them might just be trying to like you know chase after the ladies you know that happens a lot in the bird kingdom <laughs> so d- depending on on what they're they're interested in or what they want to achieve they're yeah. very they're very animated and you're right like you know in birds you know they, they kind of have seasons and you know in the spring you have a lot of babies it's very nice and um, we're coming up to that at the moment so it's uh yeah I just I just find them just lovely and, and it's, it's a free hobby right you just kind of go to a park or, or the beach and you can just watch and just let yourself go <laughs> that's incredible it almost sounds like sort of reality tv but for yeah if i ever go with somebody else we sometimes kind of have like little running commentaries about what they're doing you know <laughs> make little jokes <laughs> about like have they got a turf war or something you know like just silly things and it's yeah. just <laughs> it's just funny yeah why not i mean who doesn't love a good nature documentary you know and that's kind of the same thing isn't it we we almost assign narratives to, to the animals and the little families and you sort of exactly that's kind of the appeal of watching those isn't it is you'll, they'll create little stories and you just sort of follow them along yeah so i could totally see that and like you said if you can do it for free yeah. you know why not yeah exactly <laughs> so do you um do you make a point to perhaps like journal sort of the, the things like that do you sort of pick on certain areas or birds you go oh, do you know what? i'm really interested in this little fella and you maybe write it down and just kind of do you do anything like that at the moment, no, I have like a, a sort of bird book, which has like kind of each individual, you know, like kind of, it's basically an encyclopedia of like each one, and like, you know, kind of, right. this is how many geese are in the UK, it's, it's mental, <laughs> because because often you can sort of, you know, you say, oh, that's a goose, but like, what kind of goose is it, you know, so 
maybe you might want to look at like its markings and stuff. I personally don't record. I just sort of see what I can find. And the right. the spontaneity is quite nice of kind of what's going to be there <laughs> when I get there. Yeah. You know? I totally get that. I, yeah. I guess in a way it's, you know, not to link too heavily to train spotting, but <laughs> who knows, that could be a future episode. But yeah, I guess I guess the variety is something, isn't it? Like you mm-hmm. said, you can you can find so much out there. So do, do you have a current sort of favourite spot at the moment then to go to? Yeah, there's in I'm I'm in London, so it's kind of it's quite difficult to kind of get out onto like, you know, sort of the beach and for example. But I there's a lot of like duck ponds and a lot of areas like that around here. Like we have lovely parks in London. Um yeah. and St. James's Park is my favourite place because the birds there are amazing. I don't know if you've been, but it's... Uh, really I think I have. I think I've walked through it. But no, yeah, go on. Tell, tell me about it. They have pelicans there. Um, oh, okay. They're sort of like royal pelicans, like owned by the Queen or something. I don't know. But they're, but, but they're protected little birds that sort of... They're quite intimidating things, pelicans. Because <laughs> yeah. they've got these massive like beaks um, and you kind of... And they just sort of wander around and do whatever and you can just chill with them. And they have all sorts that they have like, <clears throat> excuse me, they have like ducks and geese and they have parrots. They have, I think it's sort of like a, maybe a Quaker parrot they have there, but for some reason they found a home in St. James's Park. But anyway, it's, it's a lovely little sanctuary. So when I'm able to kind of go out and about not local, then I would definitely go there. Um, and I think I miss the beach a lot because, you know, lockdown and not being at the beach has been kind of rubbish for me. <laughs> Um, because seabirds especially are very fascinating yeah i'd love to know what what your insights are on seabirds because i've spent a lot of my childhood in cornwall yeah um and obviously there's so much variety i mean you get your garden variety seagulls which i don't know kind of scum of the sky i think they don't count (laughs) no they're they're the bane of everyone's existence (laughs) but apart from them i know there's there's a fair deal out there so what what did you sort of stumble across spending time out by the beach what's your kind of favorite one to go for we used to have like black-headed gulls which are kind of like a chiller version of a seagull <laughs> yeah <laughs> they're a lot smaller they have the heads are actually brown not black i don't know why they're called black-headed gulls but yeah. whatever <laughs> okay um or maybe it's the females that have brown heads but anywho they're just they're a chiller seagull um you have oyster catchers which when the um the tide goes out there's like all the kind of mushy goodness and they kind of like to get all the oysters and they kind of dig them up with their beaks and uh, i used to love seeing those um there's all sorts really i i don't know i just i don't like i'm i'm probably kind of going to insult like some bird watchers when i say this but i'm not very kind of rigid in in the way i plan things i tend to just go with the flow and see what's out there you know and if I have the opportunity to kind of go to like experience days and kind of hold birds and kind of, you know, fly them, I will also do that. Um, I just like being around them. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. No, totally. I don't think there's any wrong way to, mm-hmm. to experience that. Um, actually leads me to a question because earlier you kind of hinted to your Twitter followers about yeah. it, which thank <laughs> you. Yeah, um, no problem. <laughs> but I noticed, I noticed you had uh, pictures of you with, with owls and a falconry. So yeah. am I right in thinking that you've, you obviously spend a lot of time in those kind of places as well. Yeah, I love that. Um, I've had the opportunity to do a couple of those now. Um, the ones in my pictures, there was a peregrine falcon who was kind of terrifying, actually, because she's very fast. Um, 
there was a great gray owl that at the sanctuary I went to was called Gandalf, which I thought, thought was fantastic because Gandalf <laughs> the Grey. <laughs> That's incredible. Um, it's a brilliant name. And there was yeah. Archie the Spotted Owl, who was like a little kind of little guy. Um, and yeah, you can you can pay to like hold them and fly them and feed them and that kind of thing. Uh, they're very gentle and you wouldn't think they would be. <laughs> Yeah, heavy as well. Like I've done falconry before, and like yeah. some of the owls and stuff. Like you said, they because they glide, they just look so light. Mm. But the moment they clonk down on your arm, you go, "Oh, yeah, <laughs> you, you, you hit the floor." The arm does move a bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're very silent as well, so they can kind of take you by surprise. I mean, they have to be because they're you know you're like the birds of prey. Um, so when they kind of land on you, you're like, "Oh," <laughs> but it's <laughs> it's a nice experience. It's um. And I, I love what the trainers do. You know, if I wasn't a journalist, I'd probably want to work in one of those sanctuaries. But um, being around birds all day would be amazing, to be honest. Yeah, totally. I, I got to say, if I had to pick a favourite type, it would definitely be birds of prey. They're just they're mm-hmm. fascinating. And they come in such variety as well, which is amazing. Um, but yeah, what you're saying there is well about falconry, because perhaps some people don't know, because I, I don't think they're like you know, these sort of places like circuses or zoos or, you know, anywhere that's maybe a bit problematic for animals, a lot of these tend to operate mm-hmm. as sanctuaries, don't they? They tend to sort of rehabilitate animals or, mm-hmm. you know, sort of like Peregrine Falcon, for example, I think is, is quite, it's endangered, isn't it, if I know correctly? A lot of birds of prey are, yeah. And I think these sanctuaries are great because what they do, the, you know, you know, I have my own personal opinions on zoos and whatever, but I won't go into it. But um, w- when it comes to these sanctuaries you know they, they encourage them to be as natural as possible like they'll fly them the kind of the amount of time they would fly in their natural habitat each day you know they're, they're making sure that they're kind of like if you've ever seen falconry they make them work for their food <laughs> you know they don't just feed them they kind of like just launch it and then they go after it um which is what they would do in the wild because they need they need the stimulus otherwise they'll go crazy um yeah so it's nice having them and you know, like if they didn't want to perform for like you know crowds and do these things, they would they wouldn't. <laughs> There's absolutely no way they would come back to the trainers if they weren't being looked after. So, yeah. Yeah, no, that's true. That's something that struck me. I did one years and years ago, um, mm-hmm. and yeah, that's pretty much what they said because they they this one I think it was a falcon just took off and you know and they obviously they pulled them back and stuff. But somebody asked, oh, how do you get them to come back? And they said, well, you got to treat them right you know mm-hmm. <laughs> they said yeah like there's no way we can actually physically keep them here like if they want to get out and go that's it they're gone and there's nothing we can do about it. <laughs> so i thought yeah that takes a tremendous amount of trust on their part oh dear me yeah but no i i find that absolutely awesome i mean there's lots of other things you can do as well so i'm curious because where i live i'm uh i've got slimbridge not too far from me have you been there no i don't think i have no? Oh, okay. Because that's basically like a big bird sanctuary, and they keep. You probably love it. They they keep all sorts there. It's got all sorts of different ducks and flamingos, and just just anything and everything you can think of. It's nice. It's lovely. Yeah, and you can just spend the day just wandering around. So, do do you have any kind of favorite places like that? Yeah, there's. Um, I went to visit a friend in Gloucester. Um, it's a bit of a hike for me these days, but it's. Gosh, I think it's the International Center for Birds of Prey. I think that's what it's called because. They're kind of one of the the biggest ones in the UK. And they have a lot of, like, amazing... They have, like, things like vultures and stuff as well, which obviously are different because they're scavengers. Um, but, you know, they're, they're, no, they're, very, they're still very interesting. They just wait for the for the leftovers, really. They don't actually... Yeah. They don't go hunting themselves. Um, but they can be quite intimidating, vultures. Uh, and, yeah, there's there was a place in Kent 
uh, Knockled, it's a Willow's Birds of Prey Centre, which was good as well, um, which is where I took the photos that I put on Twitter. Uh, yeah, there's, there's a lot in this country, you know, and I think, you know, we even have sort of places like, like Flamingoland, which is a theme park, but it has, you know, it has, it's just nice that we're trying to sort of educate people around birds and, and conservation efforts and that kind of thing. Uh, it means a lot to me because a lot of them sadly are endangered, you know, and yeah. and bird, birds have been killed to extinction, like look at the dodo, <laughs> you know, and, and hopefully that doesn't happen again. But, you know, I just, I really admire the conservation efforts that everybody's doing. Yeah, yeah, I think that's that's a big part, isn't it, of, of any kind of sanctuary that's worth its while is is conservation. And and you're right, it's it's quite a shame that it's kind of got to that stage. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I guess I guess that's kind of unfortunately a running theme across the earth as we just go around and destroy stuff and, yeah. <laughs> and then wonder why it's all gone. Mm-hmm. I tell you what, as a as a sort of change of direction, I'm curious. Do you have a favourite bird? That's a bit of a big question, but because <laughs> <laughs> we've been ta- we've been talking about a variety already, so I'm just wondering mm. if any of them stand out. I think if I'm going for UK specific birds, the ones that would actually mm. live in the UK, um, definitely the peregrine falcon. I think All right. they're they're incredibly fascinating <laughs> to to mm. observe both in sanctuaries and and in the wild because, like I said, they're very fast. They're very they're very on it. Um, yeah, and yeah, they, they, their their behaviors are quite quite interesting it's like the kind of the way they have a relationship with other falcons as well um, all right yeah they can they, they can be just very very interesting to observe and yeah but i also like i also like parrots as well we don't really have mm-hmm. like parrots native to the uk but <laughs> no <laughs> um should i be able to travel ever again in my life i would love to go to places like australia and kind of see things like cockatoos in the wild um yeah I, t- I tell you, I, I went to Sydney a few years ago, and they're just out and about. Yeah, literally, <laughs> which, they're just chilling. <laughs> yeah, which really took me by surprise. Just walking down the street one day, and there's just cockatoos everywhere, and I was like, "Is this is someone like they've broken out of a zoo or something?" Like, and it's like, "No, they're just they're just here. They're just what they do, and they're just chilling on the street corner." It's like, "Huh, okay then." <laughs> That's the thing. Like in in the UK, like we were so used to them in captivity, if anything, but. You know, like maybe maybe they're owned privately, or maybe they're in it. They're in a zoo or something. But just to see one just chilling on the street would be <laughs> would be quite interesting, wouldn't it? It takes you back. It really does. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, parrots. To be fair, they're quite they're quite intelligent, aren't they? I don't know if you've Very. ever seen mm-hmm. you ever seen them on sort of like in a show or something. I know it's again not the best environment, but have you seen what like what they can do? Yeah, um, I did go to a zoo in in Tenerife of all places with my family, um, and it was kind of it was like a sort of bird park and I'm not now I'm older I'm not entirely sure how, what I think about it but at the time you know they, they were doing tricks and they were like they could ride bikes and like little they, they're very interesting like they can solve puzzles um yeah. kind of it kind of makes you feel like you would be outsmarted by a bird <laughs> you know when you kind of look at what they can they can accomplish and they're, they're big problem solvers they can they need that stimulation otherwise they get bored very very easily um that's why they're such a difficult pet because you'd have to play with them like all the time (laughs) 
Yeah. Well, then again, it could be quite a fun addition to your podcast. You never know. You can have a, a parrot pop in and yell, yell a phrase or something it's learned. <laughs> yeah, I would love to have a, a bird that was verbal and could and could mimic me. I think that would be very interesting. Or I should probably stop swearing so much. It's going to say, you have to be careful what it comes out with. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but no, I, I think that's really cool. I mean, that's another aspect, I guess, is is the intelligence. And I guess that plays into what makes bird watching so enjoyable. Am I right there? Yeah, 100% there. There are some animals in the animal kingdom, bless them, that are a little bit dull <laughs> and don't really do a lot, you know, and they just sort of lounge yeah. about and and that's fine. But birds, more, it's silly because, yes, they're intelligent, but they can also be very funny in terms of like their, their strange behaviour, like the, the kind of like the way they kind of like, you know, they'll, they'll build nests or they'll dance or whatever. And it's just, it's interesting because it's kind of, it looks so strange to us. <laughs> As an observer, but knowing that it's basically what they do every year, and you know, they, you know, they make their nest, they attract mates, all that stuff. It's it's interesting, right? Well, to me, it is, <laughs> yeah. um, because it's like a routine. It's like ingrained in them, in the same way we would set an alarm and get up and go to work. But that's what they do. Um, yeah. Yeah. So. so, do you think do you find there's something really kind of therapeutic? Because you mentioned towards the start of the conversation, you, you find it helps with sort of reducing anxiety in that so i'm just curious i want to almost tap into that a little bit what mm -hmm. what do you think specifically makes you feel that way when you're watching watching birds i think yeah it's a really good question i think it's because it's so natural and you know we are in such a technological world now which is not necessarily a bad thing but too much stimulus to you know bad news and video games and blue light can mess with your head a little bit so it's, not, it's honestly nice to just sort of put all distractions away and just watch like the real world. I sound like a bit of a boomer there, but <laughs> you know, and just, and just and just watch what's in front of you, right? Because yeah. like like we said earlier, it can't be entertainment. Like if they do something funny or like they might make a funny noise or just or do a dance or, or whatever it is. You're kind of like, oh that's cool. You know, it's I don't know, it's it's something to focus on that's very positive. It's not offensive. It's not you know, it's it's not going to upset anybody. It's just birds being birds. <laughs> yeah. And to me, it's just connecting with nature, really, more than anything. Right. No, I think you're right. There, there's definitely something on to that. I mean, even, like, funny enough, just before we recorded today, we went out for a little hike because we've got a little dog, and it's kind of helped us to get out a bit more. And there's something about what you said just a second ago, I think, spot on, is putting away the distractions and all the stuff that kind of, this is going to sound really philosophical and weird, but I just think there's so much of life that we live that isn't real. <laughs> you know, yeah. Like you said, this like as much as you can get into social media and all that stuff, and and I love it, but at the same time, none of it matters mm. in the grand scheme of things. And I, I'm guessing then, since sort of lockdown and all of that, have you had a bit more time, perhaps, then to kind of make a point to step outside and and sort of engage in this hobby a bit more and kind of keep yourself grounded during what has probably been the most stressful event of all of our lives. The sad thing is, like, no, really, because I've been working from home a lot, so I've basically been glued to my desk. All <laughs> oh, right. Um, and I, I go out at the weekends, but during the yeah. week, like, my working week just flies by. <laughs> and, I mean, now that, you know, we've, we've had our daylight savings times and, you know, the, the weather will be a bit nicer and it'll be sunny and I'll probably go out more. But definitely, you know, between, like, December and, like, the end of March it's been very dark very quickly <laughs> you yeah. can't really do a lot after work um 
and yeah I, I miss the traveling aspect of it you know I would get the train down to like you know like Brighton or or something like that and you know but can't anymore uh and, and that's kind of sad to me <laughs> so I'm trying to make the most of sort of local areas and you know I mean it's, it's not all it's not all doom and gloom it's just you know I think everyone's being quite cautious in in the current climate but you know yeah. I can even watch things from from my we have a garden we're lucky to have a garden so I can do that um we've had we've had like robins and things recently which is I don't know why, why they're out so late but you know it's like you should have been there at Christmas I don't know why you're here in March but um yeah it's it's, it's just it's a tricky one with, with lockdown I think it's impacted all of us in all of our hobbies um even the ones on on the screen like sometimes video games you just don't want to play because you stressed out about whatever you know so but I think we're just doing what we can aren't we <laughs> No, absolutely. I was just thinking maybe a, a dongle or something you could take your laptop and just as an excuse to go and sit somewhere else. <laughs> I'm tempted. <laughs> it could work. It could work. Mm-hmm. Uh, my friend bought one when we were in Australia and it, it did help us kind of be a bit more mobile. Yeah. But I don't know. It's, yeah, I, I think they're coming back to it. I guess observing nature as a whole and something like birds could perhaps be a good way of keeping us grounded, maybe. Mm-hmm. Gives us a bit of perspective sometimes. Yeah, definitely. I think if if anybody out there is familiar with like grounding techniques, it's all about, you know, five things you can hear and see and all that stuff. So with birds, they make a lot of noise. <laughs> you can see, yeah. you know, it's very, it's a very kind of stimulating experience. Um, and you kind of have to focus as well. You can't, you know, if you really want to get the most out of it, you kind of have to just watch them. And yeah. sometimes I'm not going to lie. Sometimes they don't do anything of interest really. <laughs> you know sometimes i'll just sit there and you're kind of like oh okay but but sometimes it's fun you know it's, it just depends on on the day um and i just find being around them in general very very soothing uh it's always been the case for me really uh nice i wonder if it's perhaps something as well it maybe takes you back to a simpler time or probably yeah. to... sorry i'm doing therapy on you now but <laughs> <laughs> yeah this is tell me about your childhood <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. No, I think I think you're right. I think you know my my family have owned birds in the past, and like you know things like you know budgies, you know very very friendly, lovable little little pets. Um, and it's been really fun to like play with them and learn about them. And then obviously, being so lucky to grow up on the northeast coast, we have such a massive coastline, and there's so much to see, and we have zoos and sanctuaries and and so on. So, I just think it's important for us to really enjoy nature while we can because like you say sadly there's a lot of climate issues at the moment so yeah you know we should kind of enjoy the kind of world that we do live in <laughs> absolutely and and just remember you know i guess seeing that they occupy the same space is mm. i think i think quite important as well it's like coming back to what you were saying earlier about you know giving us perspective and i think you can also take it in the other direction and it reminds you that there's a bigger, wider world out there. And, yeah. you know, a lot of these creatures have been here long before us, you know, and <laughs> they need they need it just as much as we do. Yeah. And sometimes I guess just seeing, yeah, seeing them with their little families and bombing about doing their thing, it just kind of makes you, I don't know, for me personally, I guess if I observe or see nature like that, makes me think, you know, it reminds me to keep things simple. Yeah. And not to get too bogged down in the the kind of fakeness, I guess. Of, of a lot of modern life which again sounding like a boomer like you said earlier <laughs> but it is true it is true it's good to put the screen down every now and then and just go outside and um mm-hmm. but 
actually, I was going to, I wanted to ask you about something as well um, with songs, because birds have obviously an amazing range. That's one thing that's instantly recognisable, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Is you can sit in a garden and see or just hear them hear them sing. Mm. So, I'm, am I right in thinking that's another aspect of it? Then is something that's quite soothing. It's just just hearing them chirp away and sing to each other. Yeah, it's nice. And I know a lot of people find it quite obnoxious, like especially if it's like four in the morning and you're trying to sleep and all you can hear is them, <laughs> you know, kind of having a little chat. But it's nice because it kind of fills the silence and it's just sort of like natural outside noise. You know, it's not like cars or the train or even people. It's just the natural world. <laughs> yeah. um, especially if you get if you're if you're lucky enough to go to a more secluded area than where there's not a lot of people or whatever, you can really hear it um i'm not too i'm not the best i must admit at kind of identifying bird song it's something i am working on <laughs> um and i'm not afraid to admit that but it's, it's it's just lovely to sort of kind of close your eyes and just listen yeah yeah and it's grounding you know it's just because I, I wouldn't really consider myself like a like a nature type you know i i'm not gonna lie i love technology <laughs> i love you know i'm on twitter all the time i love it but sometimes you just need to get out there and just have something to just sort of you know like I say an inoffensive lovely experience really mm, absolutely but to slightly bring technology into it <laughs> um I was listening to are you familiar with Adam Buxton's podcast yeah he's great yeah. I like him he's great isn't he but yeah he he was because he always has his intros outside which I think is very fun mm-hmm. um and in the last one I listened to the other day he was using a, a bird app which sort of picks up songs and it seemed to be quite accurate. I thought that's a nice idea just to sort of keep in your pocket. And if you hear something and you go, I wonder what that is, you just tap it and sort of just wait and listen. He said, he said it was like Shazam, but for birds. I and I thought that, that was, <laughs> yeah, I was, I was thinking about it. I was like, that would be quite cool actually. Cause then maybe you can just sort of build up a little list of, mm. I, don't, I don't know if it saves them, but that could be quite nice then. And you could yeah. sort of know where you're wandering around. You go, oh, I heard a, you know, I heard a falcon here the other day, or I, you know, heard a robin here the other day. Mm. I wanted to have to download that then because like the thing is technology can be very useful in kind of you know enhancing our hobbies mm, <laughs> like, yeah, with, with Shazam like if you're big on the music and you're you know even you're in a shop or a pub or something and you hear a song you'll be like oh my god what is that yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. It's genius how they can do it mm. oh, that's awesome and I, I totally agree I think it's it's worth having that you know having that experience anyway just to hear birds song it's, it's like it's kind of the thing in comedies, isn't it? When almost like the peace settles, they someone throws in a little bird song or something just to kind of signify peace and tranquility. Yes, exactly. And yeah. you have some kind of like classical music in the background as well. Yeah, yeah. So you think, well, there's a reason why, because as you said, it's naturally soothing. It's quite a, a chilled experience. Yeah. So I'm, I'm just wondering then, where would you recommend somebody go if they wanted to just to start? If they're listening to this, they might think, you know what, that sounds, mm-hmm. I could use a break from all the noise of modern life. Yeah. Where, where would you recommend they go? The best place to start is the um, RSPB website. So the Royal Society for the Protection of Birds, they have so much stuff on there. Obviously, a big part of their charity is, is to, to look after birds. And you can actually download sort of bird watching packs on there to get you started. Um, oh, wow. and they're all free like all free resources and stuff um there was an advert campaign on the tv a few months ago it was like the big garden bird watch or something um which a lot of people took part in and 
Yeah, so they're great. And you can also get like books on Amazon. Um, I've got one called like The Big Book of British Birds or something. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it's basically just an A to Z guide of all the birds you can find in the UK, you know, like the different, like I say, like, for example, like you see a goose and you're like, oh, not quite sure what goose that is. You can flick through it and find out. Um, yeah. I'm sure there's an app that could also do that for you these days. <laughs> Maybe, I'm not yeah. familiar. I'm a bit, I'm a bit old, more old school in that sense. Also, get a good pair of binoculars as well. Again, you can try and find those online. <laughs> I was going to say, I would have thought that would be key, yeah. I would say don't be scared to splash out if you're like genuinely interested in it because you want a good quality pair of binoculars so you can mm. get, a, get a good kind of range rather than just a cheap pair you found. Like, I mean, a, a cheap pair could be fine, but if you're genuinely want to get the best experience, then kind of save up and get something nice. Any recommendations? The one So the binoculars I have, they're the... Olympus V five zero one zero two three B U zero 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 catchy title, mm. <laughs> and they're currently at seventy five pound on Amazon. They've actually been reduced down from a hundred, so that's pretty decent. Um, but I can send you the link mm. to that. It's, mm. it's just it's just a fun, bunch of fancy letters and numbers, really. But it <laughs> it, it does the job, <laughs> and I think Olympus kit is very good. So I would re- definitely recommend that. Yeah. Yeah, it's a brand I have heard of. Mm. Um, I think they do cameras as well. I'm pretty sure. I believe sure. they do. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Actually, that makes me. That reminds me. That's probably another part, right? Is that's documenting birds? Is that something you ever thought about doing? Maybe getting a fancy camera and taking some snaps. Definitely, it's just. I mean, binoculars obviously are quite pricey, but then cameras are even pricier. So it's literally just mm. the case of me saving up for a, for a good bit of kit, really. Um, yeah. But in the future, I would love to do that. Yeah, it's definitely on my radar. Mm. Yeah, because I can imagine that would be super rewarding, especially if, again, as you said, mm-hmm. pandemic and all the rest of this permitting, one day we'd be able to travel. You could perhaps go to mm-hmm. areas. I think even, correct me if I'm wrong, isn't it even as places like Scotland and sort of the mountains, you could, they've been known to spot eagles and things like that and amazing mm-hmm. all sorts of animals. So you could probably take something up there, honk your camera down and just wait and see what you can find. That could be really cool. My absolute dream location, like if we could travel, is Boulders Beach, which just has loads of penguins in it. Um, really? In South Africa, yeah. Um, and you can just wander freely on this beach and there's loads of penguins. And That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Why penguins? I'm kind of curious now. Penguins are... Because penguins are great. This <laughs> <laughs> is what you penguins... said that with disgust. Like, how dare you? <laughs> penguins are just wonderful, wonderful creatures. They are so funny, little goofy little things. It's... It's funny because when they're on land, they're very, very clumsy, kind of obnoxious little sort of birds that waddle around. In the water, yeah. they're very, very good. So <laughs> they're actually built for swimming rather than waddling around, really. Um, and mo- most people are familiar with, you know, like the emperor penguins, which are in Antarctica, which I doubt I'll be ever be able to go to. Too cold. <laughs> um, yeah. but they kind of fall over all the time. <laughs> and it's kind of like, oh, God. Which is funny because you think animals should have evolved to be useful in their environment, but penguins just sort of unnaturally goofy. Um, they're just lovable little things, so they really are. Yeah, I, I guess it's probably comes down to how they are. Like you said, with this sort of the small feet, but like a massive body. But it's <laughs> but it's great for swimming. It makes them very you know aerodynamic exactly. in the water. But on land, yeah, they're just like cylinders, really. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. pretty much. They just kind of slide around everywhere. Um, and they're very sweet because I believe most penguins. I, I mean, I'm not a penguin expert, but I think most of them mate for life. So they'll have like their, their their family until they die, which is which is quite sweet. Yeah, and and that's another one where there's there's a fair bit of variety. So. 
Just, mm. I don't know, I'm gonna have a little uh, quick Google because I need to see for myself. What were the the, the breed or the, the type I should say that you were uh, just describing there in South Africa? Oh, um, the uh, oh gosh, if you Google Baldur's Beach, because they're one of the they're one of the smaller penguins. Mm. I can't remember what they are now. Baldur's Beach, because I have heard of this. Um, mm. it's, near, it's not far from Cape Town, is it? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Are they Adelie penguins? I can't remember. They might be. Oh my goodness! Look at these little. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> oh, they're adorable. That's it. I totally get it now. Just looking at them. Mm -hmm. Ah, yeah. So this is the type that you get. You probably people might have seen them in again. Not a huge fan, but you may have seen them in zoos. Yeah. Because they're very common, um, mm -hmm. and they can kind of survive in any places, can't they? Because I mean, obviously they live in South Africa, mm. which can be very warm. Um. Yeah, what are they called? Does it say on that page what they are called? Because I've completely forgotten now. Good old Wikipedia will tell me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it just says African penguins. They may just be African penguins. They may just, that might just be their yeah, breed. Apparently. Cool. We'll go. Cool. Just well, go to Wikipedia. It just says African penguin. Well, they're African penguins. <laughs> I can yeah. totally see why. They're, they're adorable looking little things. Mm -hmm. it's such an instagrammable like place like i've seen so many influencers <laughs> go there and i'm like i want to go <laughs> well you, know, you never know maybe one day mm -hmm. you see it's completely off the cards yeah it's definitely a bucket list uh, location for me that one yeah and that's, that's probably another thing as well that matt's is an appeal to bird watching is you, you can take it anywhere you want in the world I mean, we've already mentioned australia you know south africa pretty much anywhere you go you're going to see a variety aren't you yeah, and it'll differ everywhere you go as well, you know, like depending on whether you're more rural or whether you're in the city, you know, we'll, you'll see all sorts of different things. And it's just it's kind of part of the traveling experience. Like many people are passionate about traveling. Um, it's a cool thing to kind of incorporate into your like sort of, you know, your itinerary, right? We're going to go to this sanctuary or we're going to go to this, like, you know, <laughs> this place where I want to. There's a place in Cuba, which basically just has loads of wild birds, which I would love to go to. Um, oh, yeah. But I've never been to Cuba in my life. <laughs> I know nothing about it. I'm just aware of the center. Um, and it would be a lovely little, well, the weather would be nice, hopefully. So that would be, you know, nicer than here. <laughs> yeah, I, I'd certainly hope so. I mean, if you went all the way out there, just to yeah, try and maybe try and avoid hurricane season or something. Yeah, just avoid, <laughs> avoid hurricanes, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Oh, that's awesome. I mean, I, is there anywhere else that you've perhaps uh, you've kept your eye on? You've mentioned a few already. Oh, there's, there's just so many and I think I'm I'm still doing my research to be quite honest with you I mean oh, yeah. I'm familiar with you know obviously UK locations but I've never actually been outside of Europe in my life like I've never I've never gone like America or, or, or Asia I would love to go pretty much everywhere um but I assume I would do my research if I was planning a trip like yeah go there anyway um because I would I'm not sure I would travel just for the birds to be honest I think have to have an interest in the place as well and the birds are kind of like a, a happy coincidence <laughs> um but no i i would definitely just like to travel the world and see as many wild birds as i could really that's kind of that's if i if i could just quit my job and do that i would <laughs> just be in nature all the time <laughs> yeah someone out there's listening and they want to sponsor you to do that why not <laughs> yeah well it's worth a shot <laughs> yeah exactly stranger things happen mm -hmm. I think it's a noble endeavor as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess for people here, there's there's plenty of places for them to go and check out, right? Mm. I mean, I've mentioned Slim Bridge already. Is there anywhere you recommend? I'm trying to 
can't think now off the top of my head because I've mentioned I've mentioned Gloucester and I've mentioned the the knuckle players, but yeah, honestly, regardless of where you are in the country, you could probably Google kind of you know wildlife sanctuary or or you know birds of prey, and there probably will be one like local to you because you know that people are getting much better at kind of bringing that to kind of like the local people now you know I think it's it used to be quite an exclusive thing but now they're pretty much all over the country yeah um, yeah I haven't really seen much of the country beyond like the northeast and like London where I live now <laughs> to be honest so I'm sure that there's places all over the place that you could go to um and I, I'm kind of looking forward to finding out I'm just trying not to get too ahead of myself with lockdown and all that but one day <laughs> one day I'll do it absolutely mm. yeah well, that, that sounds good. And I guess, as you, you said earlier, really, if you want to start anywhere, you could always try your local parks, your local, mm. I don't know, uh, country, wherever you wherever you are. Just, just go out and start looking and listening, I guess. That's the thing, yeah. Like, you know, if you have a forest nearby or like a country park or just, just a local park with like a pond or something, there's definitely going to be something there. And that, that's free. You know, you don't have to, you don't have to pay for that. Um, the sanctuaries you would, but, you know, if you if you would rather just sit in the park and, do it for free than you could and it's a good lockdown hobby i'm not gonna lie <laughs> so you know if people you know have got more of an opportunity to go outside or you know they're, they're struggling to be motivated to go outside because I, I get it you know there's not much you can do then you could consider doing this i would say absolutely mm. and uh and as, as you said earlier it seems to come with some great therapeutic kind of uh yeah effects as well which i think again you can't ask for more, really. I think that's that's so important, especially at the time we're living in. Is mm-hmm. I think everyone needs something where you can go outside and ground yourself, as you said. Yeah, I know some people are scared of of birds or specific birds, and I do get that because they can be quite intimidating. It's like geese and swans, especially. Oh yeah. <laughs> in the UK, <laughs> can be very aggressive. Um, so I can understand people's apprehension, but it's, you know, provided you keep your distance and you're not like getting in their way, you should be fine. <laughs> you know, yeah. I don't. Birds genuinely don't seek you out to just like mess with you. They're either protecting their young or you've annoyed them in some capacity. <laughs> yeah. Um, so as long as you're respectful, then you know it's it's about education. I think with any fear, you know, I'm personally really scared of spiders. So I've tried I'm trying to teach myself about spiders so I can, you know, get over that. Um you need uh, okay. to I held a tarantula actually a year ago. <laughs> oh, fair <laughs> like, play. For like five seconds <laughs> and then gave it back. Um Do you know what- You've mm-hmm. done better than me. When I was about, oh, I must have been like 11 years old. I bugged my parents at this park all day. So I was like, I, sh- I should do it. I should hold the spider. And then as soon as they brought that thing out, I bolted to the other side of the room. So You're horrible. <laughs> so you, you've done better. That's incredible. I don't know if I could hold one for five seconds in all honesty. Yeah, I was fine until it started trying to crawl up me. And then I was like, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I did that with a snake once. I let a python sit on me and it was like, it was fine until it turned its head and started looking in my direction. I was like, oh, take it off now. Yeah, I think but, animal-based fears are completely natural. And I would say if you are scared yeah. of birds, then then maybe this isn't for you. But if you are interested, just be respectful of their natural environment and, you know, don't don't annoy them. Don't throw things at them. <laughs> yeah, so, but in all sincerity, no, what, what you've said is spot on. And it's to educate yourself and, and just to see them in another environment is absolutely worth doing uh, and don't watch alfred hitchcock's the birds that's probably don't do that yeah (laughs) gosh if that ever happened that would kind of ruin this hobby for me i think 
I was going to say, I take it you've, you've never never given it a go. I have actually. Um, oh no, I've seen the film. Like, I do quite like it because <laughs> I am I am a bit of a horror buff. So oh, okay. <laughs> um, it's it's fiction though, and because because I'm not I'm not inherently scared of birds, so perhaps it just didn't really have that effect on me. No, that's true. Mm-hmm. Because like you know, I I know people that aren't scared of arachnophobia, for example, the the film. Whereas I am, <laughs> I cannot watch that film. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Although to be fair, I found that more more funny than anything, just because it's terrible. Anyway, it's, it's, it's just the, the legs, and nah, I don't, I don't like yeah. it. <laughs> well, hey, maybe, maybe next time I speak to you, that you'll uh, you'll be a little bit further along. It'll be seven seconds with a tarantula. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but next time I'm on, I'll be talking about my new passion is tarantulas. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> where did this come from? <laughs> yeah. I doubt that. Yeah. No, no. Bird, birds, birds are nicer. I think we'll we'll stick to birds. <laughs> that's really cool so i mean you mentioned earlier i'd love to know like what what would be in an ideal world what would be like your dream bird to own or, or say i say to own to sort of look after yeah yeah so i think if i could have like you know i need a lot of space but i would love like an umbrella cockatoo so they're the okay. traditional ones you see with the big crest and you know the, the white ones um they're huge and they can live up to the age of 60 so they're a huge commitment um you need a lot of space for them a lot of toys they're basically glorified toddler i'm not gonna lie <laughs> there's wow. a lot of of like tiktoks of of cockatoos and you know people yeah. have bought them like toys and they're just quite literally throwing their toys out the pram because mm. <laughs> they have tantrums like like children do <laughs> yeah yeah so it's basically like having a child um <laughs> but aside from the umbrella cockatoo i'd probably say the african gray parrot because of just how intelligent it is um, every African grey parrot that's been in the media, their ability to mimic is second to none. They can pretty much say anything and mimic anything. Um, yeah. yeah, it's like having a conversation with someone. <laughs> like, they're so smart. That's incredible. But I guess you're right. It, it just takes perhaps a bit of the right environment and the right resources. And it's, I'm glad you, you have that outlook. Because I know there's, there's perhaps where quite a few of them sadly end up in sanctuaries or places because people buy them think it'll be fun and a month later they're like oh this is actually <laughs> this is a lot <laughs> yeah it's definitely obviously you know no shade to anybody who owns like a, a cat or a dog they're a very valuable pet but they're a lot easier because they're you know yeah shorter lifespan they require a lot less attention most of the time <laughs> obviously any pet is a commitment but a bird especially a big tropical bird they're going to get annoying sometimes you just have to deal with that so yeah I, and they're going to make a lot of noise. <laughs> That's the thing. So, yeah, you have to do your research with these things. And obviously, I'm nowhere near ready yet to have one. Um, maybe, it, like, like I keep joking to my friends, I'd have to put it in my will if I got one. Because, <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> it would be like an apple. Yeah. <laughs> so if I had Absolutely. children, I'd be like, you've inherited my cockatoo. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. P.S. He's got another forty years. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so your children will probably get them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I like that. It's something that just keeps being passed down <laughs> four generations in. It's like it's still not dead. It's still going. <laughs> it, it has happened. It's, it's like parrots and I believe tortoises have a very long life as well. So yeah, there's been tortoises in people's wills too, <laughs> which is quite That's funny. amazing. <laughs> wow. Wow, yeah, you just blown my mind with that. Yeah, I'd never considered that before, but wow, that's, yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> that's a huge <laughs> thing to consider. Yeah, if anyone's listening, you're thinking about it. Yeah. L- listen, listen to Lucy's wisdom here. Like, you need to, <laughs> need to hold back. 
are you prepared to put it in your will? That's a good question to ask. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> how, much, how much value do you place on this thing? <laughs> I think cockatoos, I believe, in captivity, that between 40 and 60 years, so 60 would be the high point, but it could happen, right? Like you have to, you have to look at the end, like sort of bit of a, of a lifespan as much as you look at the beginning. <laughs> because Absolutely. if, you know, if you get on your deathbed and you've got this bird, you're like, well, now what? <laughs> so it's, it's crazy <laughs> it's really crazy yeah no you're absolutely right that's so worth thinking about i mean even cats and dogs can live 15 20 years that's a big commitment but that's almost like triple <laughs> straight away yeah <laughs> oh my goodness so maybe maybe just stick to watching them uh yeah. for now for now <laughs> definitely I'd, I'd need to have a lot of space and a lot of time so maybe it's a one for when i'm a little bit older <laughs> Yeah, that'd be cool. I mean, you, you hear about sort of crazy cat ladies, you could just be a crazy parrot lady. And, I really want to be a crazy parrot lady, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love that. Uh, worst things to be, I think. <laughs> I'd say so. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I, I'm curious, Lucy, is there is there anything else you kind of wanted to, to touch upon with, with this topic? I mean, we've kind of dived all over the place with it, mm -hmm. but that's what I love about this, these kind of yeah. conversations. Yeah, I think... The interesting thing is for me, I just I'm really trying to advocate that it's not just a boring going out with binoculars kind of, you know, in your anorak kind of thing. It's it's not about that. You know, that there's no right or wrong way to do it really. And I don't like sort of snobbery in hobbies. So if anybody was to tell you, oh, you're not looking at the birds properly, it's like I'm just looking at birds, <laughs> you know, like it's you have you have to enjoy the experience. If you get something from it, yeah, you know, if you if you just want to sit with some seed and feed some ducks. And you get something out of that then there's nothing wrong with that if you want to travel around the world with binoculars do that <laughs> do you know what i mean like i i just think you have to just really really enjoy this hobby and get something out of it and not force it <laughs> and not listen to snobby people because they are out there sadly in, in any division um yeah yeah and you know i just think if you can find a group maybe you could join that would be awesome but there's there's value in doing it on your own or with with friends even um i've you know kind of in you know kind of got friends into it sort of when, when they're out with me i'm like look you know it's it's, it's my natural thing it's at this point um so yeah i just think it's a very chill like i like i keep saying very inoffensive hobby you kind of can't you know it's not like you can't really have arguments about birds really like you could argue about i don't know like like video games you can't really do that with birds <laughs> unless there's one you really hate which I get, yeah. like 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 geese. Like, I understand the hatred for geese, but I like them. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, that's true. I'm just I'm, I'm, my my mind is almost going off and thinking like I can imagine a conversation between two people arguing over like what's the best type of duck or something ridiculous <laughs> like that, and just yeah, oh, I I'd love I almost love to sit in on that conversation though. <laughs> just, <laughs> I don't care about it that much. <laughs> No, exactly. Yeah, yeah. No, I I agree with you, Lucy. I've said from day one on this show that like, yeah, snobbery and gatekeeping doesn't have a place here. Mm. Um, and yeah, it doesn't make any sense, especially in something that's um, perhaps as dare I say niche. I mean, I feel like this has broad appeal because anyone can do it. But also, like as you said at the start, really, not everyone gets into it. Just you know, fair enough. Mm. But yeah, I just love that idea of of taking that and and being really precious about it I, so that's kind of amusing to me actually that someone would get that way <laughs> those aren't the right binoculars to be looking at this like, oh shut up yeah exactly <laughs> I, I can see it fine it's all good 
It's like you don't own the birds. Like, you know, come on, man. (laughs) Yeah, that's the whole point. It's just to go out and, as we said earlier, just embrace nature and kind of strip away all the noise of the world. Yeah. You don't. You don't need to bring it into the, into it. So no, I think that's a lovely message to to give to people, and mm. absolutely encourage anyone who's listening to to go and check it out. I'll be sure to put some links in here for, you know, the binoculars for the um. Was it the RS? You have to help me out here. Is it? Yeah, <laughs> it the uh, RSP. But yeah, I can send you all the links. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Dreadful. Oh no, anyway, no yes. I'm the same. <laughs> yeah, I, I know it was one of them. But there's so many, but I I will absolutely link to the right charities, the right organisations. Mm. Um, you've got me thinking because I don't mind saying I actually live in Gloucester, mm-hmm. so I've th- I'm pretty sure I've seen that um, that falconry place before. I'm gonna have to go and check it out now. Oh yeah, I didn't, I didn't know you yeah. lived in Gloucester. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. 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 So um, yeah, I said because Slimbridge is not too far from us here. Yeah. Um, which probably we'll visit once it reopens. But mm. yeah, it's again, it's it just seems like a nice thing to do. You know, uh, you said it's free. It's inoffensive. It's it's just kind of calming. I can totally see the appeal. Just observing nature in general. Yeah, definitely. I can't remember exactly where the the place I referenced was. If it is in Slimbridge, I'm gonna feel like such an idiot now. <laughs> no, it's not. It's um, it's further north. Okay. It's further okay. north in Gloucester. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've I've I think I might have even driven past it today. But yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. I'll definitely go and check it out. Yeah, I would really recommend it. I think they've got a lot of amazing birds there. Um, mm. they have one that I forgot the name of, but it's on my Instagram stories because I highlighted it, and it was this big really big fluffy thing but i didn't know what it was and there wasn't a sign so i was i was like what are you <laughs> and yeah it's um i've got lots of cool things that i just it's just i could spend all day there really yeah why not it'd be a good day yeah, trip. i like gloucester when i visited yeah no it's all it's okay i'll, I'll say that it's fine <laughs> it's all right place to live but no i um yeah i think that's a love that's some lovely recommendations there um I, I guess, yeah, is there anything else you wanted to add or anything else you wanted to, to sort of plug for people? I, th- I think that's it, really. Um, but like I say, just don't take it too seriously, really. Like, I would advocate for any hobby. <laughs> that's, that's my yeah. main message here, I, I would say. Absolutely. Go, go in with an open mind. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, even if you, like you said, you start somewhere like at a park bench, whatever, wherever you start, just, yeah, I think that's a lovely place to begin. Exactly. So I guess really it's just kind of, wrap things up uh lucy where can the good people find you in all of your work at the moment yeah um so so my main twitter is um at lgth blog i always get that wrong um and my uh podcast handle is at tv time and it's spelled like t-e-a-v time pod uh where you can listen to tv chat if you're into that kind of thing because i certainly am <laughs> and if anybody wants to come on on the show i'm more than happy to to consider that so always looking for new guests brilliant yeah i'd say it's a lovely show it's well worth checking out um but yeah i I will put links to all of that in the show notes for you thank you that's all right well thank you thank you for coming on yeah it's been a pleasure thank you and there we have it thank you so much to lucy for coming on to the show and talking to me about all things bird watching again i've put links in the show notes to all the things that we've discussed so if you'd like to go and find out more for yourself it's all there for you And of course, if you want to hear more from Lucy herself, definitely go and check out TV Time, the podcast. I've put a link in the show notes to that, as well as her blog, lucygoestohollywood.com, and various other written features. You can find all of that on her social medias. It's all linked in the show notes for you. 
In podcasting news, I was able to join previous guests Joshua Glenn and Andrew Godian on their show, Rambling and Ambling Podcast. As I said in that episode with Josh recently, uh, I was going to come on and I was. It all went down pretty nicely. That is available on their feed. I highly recommend you go and check that out. Uh, the film in question that we talked about was Back to the Future. It was a ton of fun. And again, I just highly recommend you go and check out their show and that episode. If you are enjoying the podcast, then by all means, let me know. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram. Both handles are at FundamentalsPod. I'd love to hear from you. If you're feeling particularly generous and you want to leave me a lovely five-star review on your chosen app of choice, who am I to stop you? By all means, let me know, though, because you will, of course, earn shout-out on the podcast. That is all from me. I'll be back again in a few weeks' time with a completely different guest on a completely different subject. So until then, stay tuned, stay safe.